Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Joined as ever by Matt Stevens, Matt, we're in Albertville. We are, Albertville. Uh, we're next to McDonald's. We're next to McDonald's, and we thought we were next. So, should we just talk through the McDonald's? Let's talk through the McDonald's, because there's history there. Yeah. First off, the food, a little bit disappointing. Yeah, but that The plastic cartons, my chips were soggy, but my burger was okay. Nuggets um, weren't too bad. Nuggets were nuggets, were nuggets weren't they? Because they were but, so... I mean, on the, yeah, I mean, it was very disappointing. It was disappointing, all, all, wasn't it? The whole service, flies, wasps, it was a <laughs> But more significantly, it's a McDonald's we've been to before in 2019, Brad. Yeah, I've been here a few times actually. This one, but um, that one in particular, yeah, we come in. I think it was the day we came down off Val Turen when the the landslide and team awful day, wasn't no, it? It was the team day. Actually. That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah, it was. Uh, we were in there with um, well, most well, some of our colleagues were in there, weren't they? Um, we were sadly not with us anymore. A few yep. of those, you know, Chris Ankasaurus and Richard Moore was in there. Yeah, um, it was a few yep. podcast crews in there, wasn't there? Yeah. So that was three years ago, wasn't it? We, and, actually, uh, we actually did the pod in the van, and then we nearly aquaplaned. Because it was so... Uh, and then we had... Because Pete we had was food. driving one-handed drinking yacht, and he nearly aquaplaned. Um, I think, yeah, Pete's laughing. He's giggling in the background. Because he knows it's, he knows it's true. true. <laughs> nearly aquaplaned. Um, and your lad was in the car, in with us as well. He was. He was. Is he, he was. He's massive into yacht as well, your lad, isn't he? He's a big yacht fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and then the little Colombian bloke was freezing cold. I gave him my my like hoodie, and then he he put it on and rode off. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in a bad way, wasn't he? He was. It was, it was a freezing yeah. cold day. That was. Uh, but I disappointed. There's no McFlurries in there, were there? So no. McDonald's, if you're listening. Well, the thing that was a bit sort it out. It had us on tender hooks. You know that big iPad thing. We were scrolling down, and it got to dessert. Dessert, and there was like I, I don't know some sort the big of big iPad thing. It was itself was disgusting, wasn't it? It said it was COVID central that McDonald's. It wasn't wasn't the best, was it? No, it was horrible. It was but disgusting. yeah, they said they had Oreo flipping ice creams, and they didn't, yeah. uh, and it was disappointing. Nothing, nothing in reception. Um, nothing. Yeah, it's not great, is it? So we we're craving pudding, aren't we? We should, we could what we could do is just jump in the back of Yumbo Visma's food coach. We could do the we COVID because we just got it off the screen in McDonald's. We could wash our hands thoroughly, though. We could wash our hands thoroughly, but the whole, yeah. I mean, speaking of COVID, we have a few losses in the race today. George Bennett didn't start, did he? Yeah. Um, and, of course, there was talk about Rafa Micah, who was positive, I believe. But He was positive, but his, it was under the amount that meant that he could actually start. So he is slightly COVID positive, which is a little bit weird. It's actually, weird somebody, are, somebody did ask, actually, Garant Thomas, though, whether he was happy riding in the peloton with guys who technically have got COVID. And he yeah. said, well, it's going to be everywhere anyway. He was really pragmatic. He said, it's not bothered. It's not yeah. Rafa Micah's fault, is it? I mean, I was talking to the mechanics actually earlier from Bahrain and they were saying, um, can you imagine how many te- positive tests there are in this race, but they're not telling us? I mean, that's a bit of a conspiracy theory in itself, but um, we'll never know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, Brad. Uh, I think as long, if you've got positive in your team, a key rider... And he's he's fine. He's asymptomatic. For I'm, not, I'm no doctor, but just thinking aloud because I've, I've spoken to other teams and there are 
nobody really knows what's going on. No, a little bit. No, it's a bit. Bits, um, it's very blurry, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, a key a key lieutenant because Bennett's been riding really well recently, and, and time will tell because we're moving into the into the big big mountains. Because today was not it's a semi mountain stage, like a bit of an hors d'oeuvre, really, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah. And raced with real ferocity yet again, wasn't it? You were out there at the front. It was kicking off big time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, the first sort of hour was pretty much downhill, and we did go up a small uh, climb, but it was very fast. Um, and it didn't lend itself to getting a breakaway go, but eventually then the, the elastic broke, and 25 riders went clear, seven of which had riders of two two in there from yep. those teams. Um, they had some hitters in there, Luis Leon Sanchez, Philip Gilbert. It was a good old group. Yeah, Fred um, Wright. He's been flying, hasn't he? has been great. I'm well impressed with him. What a lovely lad as well. Yeah, we had, we'd have had a chat with him because he ended up, I think uh, Sanchez ended up third in the end, didn't he? Yeah. Magna, uh, Magnus Gordon Nielsen won. That was a good win. Flipping Amazing. Egg. I mean, when you think his tour, what he's done. I know it's is, just been flat stick, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, thoroughly deserved, isn't it? Because yeah. he's had a tough start to the year as well, from what yeah. I understand. Jonathan Vells was telling me the other day. Um, but, yeah, what a, what a, he's, he's really impressed me this tour. Yeah. That was a really well-timed win. I think it was the only... He just floated around, didn't he? Didn't, didn't jump away. He just no. waited, waited, waited. Bided his time, and it was a, a real grovel to the line, but he, but he took it. Yeah. It's uh, funny, there. actually. We're sat here now outside the patio of the Abyss in Albertville. It's a, lot, new, a new hotel, isn't it, as we well? Got Lotto, we've got the Yumbo Visma staff all to our right, having their dinner outside. Yep. And just five metres away in the room behind the doors there, we can see Well, Van Aert having his dinner. He's wearing flip-flops at dinner. Let me just have a little look. What is, uh, he's wearing... He's wearing flip-flops. Um, Primoz Roglic is immediately sat to his right. Sepkus, uh, but he's having he's sipping a brew. But he's got he's got compression socks on. And, Man, you're um, making quite a scene yeah. here. Yeah, no, no, they're involved in the pod. They're part of cycling. They're like goldfish in a bowl. The way you're looking at them. No, oh, just looking at them and just sussing them out, seeing how relaxed they are. Yeah. Seeing the different choices of footwear. Some wear compression socks, others don't, and that's yeah. interesting. That is interesting. They wore the rage a couple of years ago. They were they're almost the fashion. I don't think they actually do anything unless you're 75 and travelling on a long-haul flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what was lovely earlier on. You talked you talk about the teams that are here, um, Yumbo Visma and Bahrain. On the scene, the, the, the cycling circuit, the pro circuit, Swan yeah. move teams, managers move teams, riders move teams, mechanics move teams. And, yeah. and there's two real significant uh, mechanics that were with you yeah. when you won the tour. Tell yeah. us about those, because they're, they're, they're both lovely there. chaps. They were with Sky, they were... Um, there was four mechanics on the tour with Sky. One of the other one, Raj, is with Education First yep. now. Lovely guy. And um, Diego is still with Diego Costa is still with um, Ineos. Um, he's in the car every day. The first car with uh, Steve Cummins, and uh, the other two are here: Fernandez and Igor. They were lovely guys. I've, they've all got yellow jerseys from that tour, you know. And he's, he's telling me they still hang them up in their house and that. And, um, so I came down and just went straight over and sat there. It was like old times because I used to sit with the mechanics every night on the tour. After I had my dinner, I'd go and sit with them for 45 minutes because they were still working. They, they, they worked thorough. really deep into the night, they were very they? thorough. And uh, it was just, you know, they, they took such care of the bikes, or my bike in particular, Fernandez and uh, Diego. They'd sleep with my time trial bike. Yeah, that was room. amazing. They wouldn't leave it in well, the truck. You know, with the cars parked towards, over the back of the truck now. Because obviously they're terrified. Well, they're terrified. There's a chance that the trucks could get broken into at night. It has happened, doesn't it? And um, the bike stolen. So they were they were that fanatical about my equipment that they would take my bikes to the room and sleep with them. And that's how much care they they took about their the, the job they did. So, you know, I'd go and sit with them forty five, and it was just it was actually the most therapeutic time of the day during the tour the hustle and bustle go to sit yeah. with normal folk. Because otherwise, you wouldn't you could not speak to a mechanic for weeks when you're on the tour. No. 
and um, I had a great relationship with them and I still have to this day and um, yeah they were, they were lovely lovely guys yeah, yeah. No, they, 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 when you walked off they asked how you were now, they, you can clearly see that they're, they're yeah. very fond of you mate but yeah. uh, I, I used to do the, the same thing you know, it's quite nice mooching about and speaking to other members of staff in the team though isn't it especially yeah. on a big squad like that because yeah. you're so focused aren't you on the job at hand and, and quite often it's giving a little bit back and they really really appreciate that as well yeah unless you're there hassling them because I know some riders are like want to get involved and it's like well this isn't my job and some some mechanics are particularly precious don't touch yeah. that don't touch don't touch my tools wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't lend you an allen key or something like that because some are really really well, uh, fanatical Fernandez was, is the one the Spanish one we were talking to he's he's very close he was very close to Chema Gonzalez yep. who died on the Vuelta in 2010 and um he was my tour, he's my soigneur when I joined Sky on the tour. So he was always with me every every race right up to the tour. I didn't do the Vuelta that year and he died on the Vuelta. And uh, he, Fernandez was very close to him and his family. And he, um, Chema had a, uh, he'd remarried, he'd married a lady who already had a son. So it wasn't his son, but this kid was, his stepson was autistic. Right. Quite badly autistic. Um, and the, so the year after we went, I went to the vault when I crashed out of the tour. Yeah. And Fernandez was like my sort of sort of rock through that welter because yep. I had a broken collarbone still really, so I couldn't really get out of the saddle most of that vault until the end. And then um, he, uh, he said, "Oh, Chema's widow's coming to the race in the third week because we were in the Basque Country, and his son's coming." And he, all he talks about is you because he had a photo on the wall from his dad had a photo yeah. where his stepdad had a photo, and I gave him my red jersey that day that I had because I was leading the race. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, it was eleven years ago, and uh, so it just shows you this. There's there's more to. It's like a, it almost you build relationships with these people. It's like a family, you know. Yeah, totally. And so those things bond you forever. So I went and sat with them down there before we went to McDonald's for about half an hour. You know, it was like the old days. It's a lovely thing that cycling can still be like that. Yeah. And the staff are like that. You sort of form very close friendships with them. But when you sort of see the likes of Brailsford and things like that, it's very business-like, you know, yeah. and sort of, hello, how are you doing again, you know. But the mechanics, you almost form friendships for life. Yeah. No. Yeah. no, I know there's a, a mechanic now with uh, Green Edge, uh, or Bike Exchange, uh, called Craig Geeter, who was, yeah. who was yeah, with yeah, us yeah. as a New Zealand. Yeah. He, he was, he was uh, Armstrong's personal mechanic for years yeah, at Postal. Was. But then he was with Linda McCartney, a lovely bloke. Uh, and uh, to see him... Just to, but we still keep in touch. It's just, mm. you know, it's, 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 it's as if time hasn't actually passed. But yeah. uh, so we look, we're looking at talking about mechanics. We're looking at the chain rings, weren't we? And they're looking at the gearing. So for they tomorrow. were doing all the chain. They were changing all the yeah, cassettes for tomorrow's big stage and, yeah. up a climb that the tour hasn't been. So they were up. putting thirty-four cogs on on the rear, thirty-four on the back, forty on the front. Yeah, which is quite an interesting ratio. Apparently, well, that's the maximum. Standard now, isn't it? Yeah, it's standard. So, because they've got big, big ratios at the back, so the lowest gear for tomorrow's climb, the colder Granon, 40, 34. 34, sorry, for, yes. And, and that's a climb that uh, hasn't been in the tour for since 1986. Yeah, gone on the days of 39, 23. I'm flipping it. It was like weight training, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's funny, actually. When I was at Cofidis, so 39 was the standard. 39, 52, wasn't it? Yes. Um, or 53, Rick, 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 yeah. Always rode forty one twenty three. He just preferred forty one. So it's funny how these ratios. You know, and then you know you'd go com- either compact or you'd go to a twenty six or a twenty seven yeah. sprocket for for hilly days. But it just shows how it's changed a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, because they're, they're on a fifty three now, fifty three forty. Yeah, which shows yeah. that's probably why they're running so fast now as well. Yeah, and the um, 
depends on the team. I know that the team's running SRAM of a ten, a ten sprocket at the back. They've got an extra an extra sprocket, but they still run a, a small inner ring. It's a different manufacturer. What is it now? Things. Eleven speed, twelve speed. Um, twelve. Twelve now is it? Yeah, and there is a thirteen speed. Um, Shimano. Yeah. No, yeah, there is a thirteen yeah. speed out there. I yeah. don't think it's on the road group sets just yet. Mm. So, what do you think about? Tomorrowland. Today was there's no real GC. Well, there was a change in the GC. It we've was got fast and got, it was hot. Yeah, but I think it's just a prelude to tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, and tomorrow's going to be a big, big day. Well, we saw one change. Lenny Kemner took nine minutes. Is now only eleven seconds. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so, they might try and let the jersey go. Apparently, the, the talk of the town is that they were going to, but I mean they were cutting it fine, weren't they? Well, I thought if they were going to do that, I they, and then thought they might open themselves up to Ineos or someone else riding yeah. Yumbo to make them keep the jersey so they would have the pressure to ride. On them, yeah. It's interesting that, that um, they may have done, I don't know what, whether there's the deals done or anything like that, but is there a chance Bora might help tomorrow? We'll see. With Kemner in it, Kemner's in a good position now because Vlasov has fallen away a little bit. Yeah. So Kemner, we saw how well he did in the Giro. I, yeah. uh, but he's put himself, he hasn't won a stage now, but he's now second overall. He has put himself in the frame. It'd be interesting to see how deep he could go. He's such a versatile rider. Tomorrow's a proper, proper day, though. It's, isn't a, cl- it? it's a classic Alpine stage with a. With a, with a I think we're going to see uh, the, the, the makeup of the podium in Paris play, play come to the fore tomorrow. I think that's going to be. We're getting a proper, true idea yeah. of who's got this in this Tour de France. I mean, the, the climbs you know very. We don't know the ground on, but you know the Telegraph, Telegraph you know, the Galibier. Galibier. I mean, that's it's where it's all going to happen, field. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward. They won't actually just. We Do we know at the top up. of the Galibier where they got the top, top bit? Which is like 2,200, 2,300 metres. Yeah, I think they do. I yeah. think they do. I think they go right over the top. And oh, yeah. where they fin- the Granon, where they finish tomorrow, is the second highest finish ever in Tour de France history. Uh, it's, they, they don't normally finish as high as that. So, yeah, it's exceptionally high and yeah. brutally steep, 11%. I've just noticed, actually, changing the subject, looking through into the uh, you're, you're looking back at them now, aren't you? Well, I'm just looking at it because I noticed they've got their own coffee machine, which is on top of a flight case. And it goes in the flight case, like a, like, much like an amp. Right, yeah. And they obviously wheel that in and out each day. It's quite cool, isn't it? It's, it's quite amazing cool, what they're... But yeah, yeah. they've got their own little bubble. Little, um, yeah. little bubble. I'm trying to see if they've got... It's not much of a look. bubble, is it? It's more of a square. It's more of a room. But yeah, I think tomorrow's going to be a, a good day. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, it's a short stage, relatively short, but tough nonetheless. Yeah, 140-ish K, isn't it? Yeah. But it's going to be going to be a, a pretty long day in the saddle, but yeah. you just wonder how long they can keep up this intensity. It's going to be hot. Yeah, so it's getting hotter and hotter as we move. Yeah. And then we've got outdoors the following day. So I, I do agree with you. I think this w- the Col de Granon for me is the hardest climb in this year's Tour de France. Simple yeah. as that. I think we're going to see some big, significant gaps. Um, another thing that happened today was the protest. Yeah. Which I think we should probably talk about. Um, well, you were in the midst of it, weren't you? We I just saw it on TV. It. And obviously, I didn't know what was happening at that time, but it did interrupt the race. And um, it was a bit dangerous to begin with because Betiol just slid through that but yeah. before about 200 metres before we hit the protest there was a single guy with a flare going off yeah. which was odd because it was in the middle of nowhere which was obviously a sign to the protesters to get on the road at that point right. further down and then we could see it was just a haze of flare further down and obviously you couldn't see that it was it was like you know thick fog so you couldn't see what really was going thick. on yeah you wouldn't have been able to identify what was uh, and then everything just stopped and it was a bit of a panic and then by the time we got there with a the motorbike the ASO cars were already sort of people getting out and at that point the hay started drifting away and they started dragging people out quite violently actually it was quite um, um, yeah because I had a few messages on Instagram from people saying you know like uh, 
they got the wrong end of the stick about what I was saying and that really because I think I did say at the time that they're probably protesting over nothing but I was sort of in the heat of the moment so in hindsight yeah it's probably not a nothing issue no, not at all. Now we know that it's about global warming, global, it's global climate, it's a, yeah. Yeah, climate change uh, protests. Um, which is obviously a serious issue. But, you know, when you're in the heat of the Tour de France in that moment, it's not something that springs to mind, is it? Cause, um, and I think that's where it, it gets a bit murky, is, is it, you know, the freedom of um, to be able to protest for something and um, whether sport is the platform to do that on. And you had an interesting point on that, which I kind of agree with you on. Yeah, I mean, it's a plain the devil, devil's advocate. You're just going to, if you're going to protest about anything, you're going to protest and, and cause the most inconvenience because that's where you get headlines. But it did uh, get a bit handy and it came yeah. on top a little bit. Um, and I, I think ASO, the way they handled it was one, handled it with force. Um, and so it wasn't pleasant, it wasn't pleasant well, to witness. Some quite, well, unsavory images on the internet yeah. um, as a result. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure in relation to French legislation, the powers that are vested on people. Who, I mean, essentially, ASO are civilians. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I think it's quite a problematic situation, yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is, yeah. So, um, but, without but dwelling on it, but, you know, because it's going to be out there, because it's headline news, isn't it? It was a, it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, the security, um, no one knew at that moment in time what it was all about and what was going to happen, because the, they did stop the race at that point, and we tried to get through on the motorbike, and they said, no motorbikes, we're closing the road down. And the gendarmes started turning around in the, on their motorbikes and coming back to the scene because at that point, I think they had to do a quick inspection of what was actually going on yeah, they and whether there to, was yeah, anything yeah. further on from a safety point of view. Yeah, yeah. So it all got a bit murky. Because the race stopped for about 10 minutes in there, nearly 15 minutes, yeah. didn't it, they stopped for? Um, and Betiol, so we did get up to Betiol, who was circling around, keeping his keep legs going. Warm, yeah. And then they started the race again, and that was that. But um, then I did get to the finish and chat to a couple of the ASO guys, and they said that um, they're not sure whether this will probably happen again in the next few days and whether this is a sign of things to come. Yeah, Mr. Radio Tours. It happened that it at the French happen. Open as well, apparently. Yeah. So it's... Um, Expect disruption, basically, yeah. Potentially, potentially. So I think there's a... That is probably not... We've not heard the last of it. So in other news, I did see this morning, actually, aside from uh, everything else that happened, Lotto... Uh, sorry, um, Quickstep Alpha Vinyl have announced their new sponsor for next year. Yes, Sudal, it's going to be Sudal Quickstep. Yep. Um, and then, along with that, the news that Mark Cavendish will be leaving the squad. Yeah, we know that he was he was hunting for a team earlier in the year. He openly said, well, he said that there's he was he was looking at options and. It's, a, it's officially, it's unofficially can't announce teams until the 1st mm. of August, but quite clearly Patrick Lefebvre has gone on record. And, and he, he said, I think the words were, with a heavy heart, I can say that Mark Cavendish is no longer part of our setup or yeah. plans. So, you know, it was, um, it was a respectful, yeah. relatively respectful statement from Patrick Lefebvre, because although there's, there clearly is a little bit of beef between them after the decision, decisions that have been made, there's also, I think, a massive amount of respect and when you look at the success Mark has had with that team you can't you can't shy away from that but let's hope Mark gets into a team that can take him to the tour and get that record yeah absolutely who do we think he'll go to Matt? that's a good one because I have no idea at this stage what he doesn't want to go to is a team with another really big sprinter does he really unless I mean I think I would imagine well he's still got ambitions of himself isn't he 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 would want to he's going to want to go to a team that can guarantee barring illness and injury that he's got a a berth at the tour and for any other team that's just getting marked to the tour to to chase that record is massive but I imagine there's there will be no shortage of teams that would want that or that would see a place for Mark in his their team do that team I think that might be interesting have got good budget Israel the other one I thought as well was direct energy 
Yeah, direct energy, yeah. Because of the specialised link. Yes, well, that's a good shout, mate. Yeah. A very good shout, yeah. Um, and he, he could easily fit into that squad even alongside Pete Sagan because he's yeah. not, not a pure sprinter. Um, yeah. that, that could be very interesting. Yeah, it would it? be. With Edvald there. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a good lead. Nicky Terpstra. Got, yeah, Daniel Loss, a good lead out yeah. riders. Could be interesting. Um, Bogner. Bogner. Bogner Regis. Yeah, Bogner. Bogner yeah. Regis. <laughs> Mate Bogner Regis. So, tomorrow. We look forward to tomorrow, Matt. Yeah, I'm looking forward You're to it. You're returning to the Col de Granon for the first time since 1986, where you yeah. watched... Rode up there with my dad. Eduardo shows us win the stage. Eduardo shows us of Tika. It was his first of two stage wins that year. Went on to win in St Etienne as well. Do is you remember it, Eno Le Mans coming past? I do. I've got we some saw photos. Bernard this morning, didn't we, in the yeah, village? Yeah, we did. Good but job he didn't get out of that car today. Bernard, he's a bit handy, isn't he? He is. He's a bit of a... Yeah, a bit of a... Yeah, he's a bit handy with his, with his fists. He is. He's a bit Bernard. like Derek Chisora. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> the boxer. The one boxer. at the weekend. Oh, right, Congratulations, right, Dale Boyd. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see you tomorrow. All the best. Thanks for listening. Yeah, just stand about the ice cream, but yeah. Well, we'll get one. We will. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.